This is MPN. Welcome to Movie Matchup. Thank you, Chad Cook, for that intro. I'm Casey. And I'm Grace. Uh, a podcast where we talk in-depth about two movies with a common theme. And at the end, we'll talk about menu items you can enjoy while having your movie marathon. Uh, Grace, what is this week's theme? This week's theme is Fuck It Sequels. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, you actually have not only two movies, but you could potentially stretch that into four movies if you want to, because we're only covering the sequels in this episode. Yes, yeah, so you, you could, which I, I did. I watched all four so that I would have a frame of reference. I did not. Sequels. Well. But that's good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Grace, what was our movie? Uh, it's uh, Our first movie is Gremlins 2. Uh, after the death of owner Mr. Wing, the curiosity shop is demolished and Gizmo finds himself homeless in Chinatown. However, he's not on the street for long before he's scooped up to be experimented on in a genetics lab located in Clamp Center, a state-of-the-art high-rise in Manhattan. Fortunately, Gizmo's old friend Billy works in the same building, and upon learning that Gizmo is there, he sneaks into the lab to rescue him. Unfortunately, before Billy can bring Gizmo home with him, the Mogwai is sprayed by a malfunctioning water fountain, and from there, it's only a matter of time before the entire skyscraper is overrun by gremlins. <laughs> I wrote that this morning. I'm very proud of it. Good job. I did not... Yeah. Uh, write my description for later I uh, took it from Amazon so yeah. yeah well then let's get to the second movie oh okay so the second movie in our fuck it sequels is Bill and Ted's bogus journey for just like a tiny bit of backstory Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan travel through time collecting historical figures like Napoleon Socrates and Abraham Lincoln in hopes of getting an A plus on their history report and saving the future of mankind so that is uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So with that, in the in the sequel, uh, the Amazon description is, when an evildoer from the future sends robot twins of Bill and Ted to kill and replace the real deals, the guys wind up face-to-face -face with the Grim Reaper. Can the now-dead duo escape, defeat their evil twins, and win the Battle of the Bands contest? <laughs> I'm so excited. Also, <laughs> I, f I feel like the Bill and Ted summary gets more to the heart of the, the craziness that is the sequel in, in Bill and Ted, more yeah. so than the Gremlin summary does, because it's just, it doesn't really get crazy in Gremlins until the Gremlins are actually there. And then it's just like, the craziness is just what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bunch of ideas that are put together, but yes. they're great. All the little moments are, are great. Yeah. So. But yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's dive in. Let's talk Gremlins okay. too first, I guess, because we, we're going in chronological order, and Gremlins was released in 90. Yes. Uh, Bill and Ted 2 in uh, 91. Uh, 91. Yes. Okay. Yeah, let's start right at the very beginning with the credits, <laughs> because we have a Looney Tunes sequence that happens right at the beginning that seems like, I guess it's meant to seem like, uh, like a short, you know, that would play before uh, the movie, which... I don't really remember. Maybe I'm too young, but I guess that was that was pretty normal back in the day with movies in the theater. Do you remember any Looney Tunes shorts playing? I don't. I mean, I guess it'd be kind of like Pixar now, but Pixar very like clearly has a short that plays before like the actual movie. Whereas this yeah. is more they're playing with the logo. Yeah, you have you have Bugs come out to do 
the the intro and then Daffy interrupts him and talks about how he wants to be the star of the show now. And apparently this this whole bit lasted a lot longer in the theatrical release. And <laughs> I watched it on I watched this um Amazon Prime. It's streaming on Prime right now. If you if you want to watch it. Or no wait. That was Bill and Ted that was streaming on Prime. Where did I watch? I rented Gremlins. Like it was it three ninety. Oh, I think yeah, I, I rented it off of off of Amazon, yeah. or I think I bought it because I was like, I'm going to want to watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, apparently, I guess on the Blu-ray, there's they have the extended version of uh, the short, but it was so long that it confused the audience, I guess, because they were like, <laughs> "Where's Gremlins?" <laughs> I thought I came here for a Gremlins movie, but it's. Uh, Dante, the director, that he, he wanted to set up sort of the cartoonish nature of the, the film and the sort of the the anarchic, I guess, nature of the film and how, how crazy it was going to get. So well done, I say. Yeah, yeah. I think it sets the mood it adequately. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the, the movie begins. And, um, you know, when we left off with uh, Gizmo, he was he had been returned uh, to the curiosity shop in Chinatown because... You know, the white people could not handle the Mogwai, clearly. No. <laughs> Everything went terribly. Yes. Uh, so we have to get him out of there, obviously. Um, and uh, some, like, bigwig comes by to try to buy the curiosity shop because he's, like, the last holdout and they want to, like, build a big shopping structure there. Yeah. Which was which was cool. I thought that was a nice way to uh, integrate the uh, clamp company into the story early on. Yeah, before we're actually there at the building, uh, and then Mr. Wing passes, and, and the curiosity shop gets demolished, and uh, Gizmo's quickly snatched up by a couple of I'm going to say henchmen. I mean, they're, yeah, like, <laughs> they're sci- like lab technicians. Yeah, or something, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the genetics lab that exists in this um, giant like smart building. Can okay? Can we talk <laughs> about this building? Yeah. So I don't understand. It is like the most technologically advanced building that there is. So the lab that he goes to is on the 51st floor. Splice of life. So we have where science experiments are being done on animals on the 51st floor. Mm-hmm. We have a building that spies on their employees. Like if you're taking a break that you're not supposed to be taking. It will shut down. And like this makes sense for now. But like when you're not you – using energy like the building will shut down like you know like, like billy's cubicle shuts down because it thinks that he's not right, he has to wave it. his arms yeah like jump around so that it's aware that he's like still there there's also a tv station in this building i do not understand and there's like tours that are being done like i don't fully get like, <laughs> it's a lot it's a, there's oh, a lot and, happening in this building and i guess it's i mean uh, and a food court I've never yeah, in a food court. I've never really worked in like a giant building like this. So maybe this is standard. They just rent out different floors to different businesses or or whoever. Um, but yeah, you would think like if it's big enough to have like a TV station being run out of, of the building, then there would be uh, not quite as much diversity in their, <laughs> in their tenants. As, as we see. Yeah, maybe we're just not spending enough time in Manhattan. Maybe this is just real commonplace for Manhattan. We just, uh, yeah. I think that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. We need to go to Manhattan We're just more. a couple of small town girls, you know. We don't we don't know how these big yes. city buildings work. Yeah, we're from Los Angeles, so I don't know how <laughs> Manhattan works. But, okay. 
But yeah, so uh, Gizmo's taken there. We we find out that Billy and uh, his now fiance maybe they talk about they want to get married. Yeah, I, I, I it's his fiance. At. Yeah, I think he's engaged to Kate. I don't know if they're engaged or if they're just like planning to get married at some point. Uh, Kate also work in the building. He does like design for. Um, he he draws buildings. What is what is that? Yes. I don't know. I don't know because it's not an, an architect, but again, it's just one more random thing we are just shoving into this this building that he is like redesigning. I guess because uh, he wants to expand, like Daniel billionaire Daniel Clamp would want to like build more mm-hmm. like buildings and property and, and expand and stuff like that. It's it's just silly that these are all part of the same yes. thing. But yeah, Daniel Clamp, who who we should mention is uh, played by John Glover. Who uh, making his second appearance on this show yes. because he was yeah. in in the mouth of madness last week as the um the I don't know he the, the head it. of the mental institution yeah or, yeah yeah and yeah he's playing a uh, clamp who I think kind of famously now is loosely based on Donald Trump which I don't know if I really want to get into that but. <laughs> Let's not. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> they do have, like, a book. You can, like, buy the book and, you know, like, the building and everything. Yes. So. Yeah. So Bill and Kate work in the building. It's not long before um, there was a, um, like, a UPS worker or something like that who mm-hmm. was up in the genetics lab. And he's humming Gizmo's little tune from the first movie. The do 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 Of course, I had to sing. <laughs> And Billy hears it and recognizes it, and he goes to save Gizmo. Everything's okay now. Um, yay! Movie over. Yay! Except then uh, Clamp comes down to visit Billy and takes a, a shine to him. And Billy's boss, who's a, a very uh, ambitious young woman. <laughs> she she's Yeah, she wants to be like the power couple, I think, in the, in the yeah. office. Yeah. She's got a lawsuit coming to her for sexual harassment. Yeah. But she, <laughs> yeah. she asked Billy out to dinner. Um, so he can't take Gizmo home and he asks Kate to, to take him home. Uh, and before Kate can get up there to, to get Gizmo, though, he gets out and he's wandering around. Gizmo, what are you doing? And a malfunctioning, uh, water fountain, uh, sprays some water on him and, uh, pops, I think four, four other yeah. mogwais mm-hmm. out. It was John Aston. It was Gomez Adams. Gomez Adams was the maintenance guy that was oh trying to gosh, fix the I water fountain. Notice. Yeah. That was him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, the, the Mogwai are all kind of obnoxious, and one of them immediately traps Gizmo in a vent. Uh, so Kate takes home the wrong, wrong Mogwai. Here's my question. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting too much, I know, into the, like, the minutia of how the Mogwai gremlin thing work, works, which they, they actually make fun of in, a, like, a meta way later mm-hmm. on in the yeah. movie. But all of the Mogwai that we've seen um, who, like, Gizmo gives birth to I guess yeah are terrible like before they become gremlins they're always like kind of crazy and and they're little mischief makers yeah they're little mischief makers yeah and why when when gizmo is so like adorable and and charming and and calm (laughs) are all of his children just the worst (laughs) is my question (laughs) I don't know I mean they're I guess they're animals you know they just they're gonna just do what they what they want to do. But yeah, they, they do love mischief. I don't know. Gizmo's just very well behaved. Yes. So. And maybe maybe it's that 
maybe it's something that they grow out of, but because we've never seen an older mogwai, like Gizmo's the only older mogwai that we ever see before they turn into gremlins. He's like had a chance to sort of calm down in his old age. He's matured. Yeah, he's matured. (laughs) And we're, we we only see the mogwai in their, uh, their like terrible twos phase or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) So she takes home the wrong one. And it takes them a while to get it all sorted out. Oh, Mr. Fetterman uh, joins them in New York. Mr. Fetterman, who did not die in the first movie, which they uh, tell us through some exposition. Uh, but he does have horrible PTSD from his run-in with the Gremlins in, in the first one. Understandable, I think. Yeah, no, um, it is. I don't know. Can we go back a second? Like, before yeah. Billy gets home to realize that it's not Gizmo, can we mm-hmm. talk? So Billy goes on this date with his boss yeah. Does not terrible. tell Kate that that is what happened. And he says he no. has a meeting, so it's terrible. Um, but the restaurant that they go to. <laughs> this is the start of just the, the surface level craziness that is that becomes fully blown. Yes. As a, a hint of what's to come, they go yeah. to a Canadian-themed restaurant. Mm-hmm. Where the waiter is dressed as a Mountie. And then they wheel over a giant chocolate mousse. And like not chocolate mousse like the dessert. It is a mold, a chocolate mold of a Um, giant mousse. A mousse. Um, Made of chocolate. Yes. While she is trying to hit on him uh, Mm -hmm. in a very romantic setting. And then he leaves and the waiter asks if Marla would like a section of the, the antler, like the, if he wants her to cut off an antler. It's just, it's such an odd, mm-hmm. odd restaurant. But yes, a hint as, as to what is to come. Right. Anyway, sorry. It's great though. It reminds me of the, um, the American restaurant in Australia in The Good Place. You remember that episode where they go to, a, to yes. a, an American style yes. restaurant? Yes. It's a very similar, like, <laughs> this is... The most stereotypical uh, version of this country that we can make into a restaurant form. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy comes home and he realizes that, that uh, she doesn't have gizmo, which means there are more mogwai on the loose in the building. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that they immediately, you know, they're going there to turn off the water because they know the deal by now <laughs> and just how bad this can get. And... They, uh, unfortunately, all of the, uh, the mogwai get to the food court after midnight and become gremlins, which, again, they were already kind of terrible as mogwai, so it doesn't make them that much worse, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get that, that gremlins can wreak real havoc, where I guess, as I guess, uh, mogwai are more just sort of pests. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. So they're terrorizing, like, a frozen yogurt, um... It's not a stand, but in the food court, like the little, like the frozen yogurt place. Mm-hmm. And Billy and Kate come back to the building and it's very busy there. Again, like you would, I would think it would be like eight o'clock or something like that in this, in this food court. There's a lot of people in this giant yeah. building and they realize as like they're passing by that it's like after midnight because the clock on the wall is like five minutes after midnight. And yet there mm-hmm. is like a woman that is just complain- complaining at the frozen yogurt place like about what happened to her situation that was like happening. And it's just so <laughs> odd to me that it's just very bustling. But again, uh, maybe that's just typical Manhattan and I just don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's just yeah. 
We just don't know how New York works is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the gremlins are now in the building. Gizmo is still uh, terrorized by, uh, I think, Mohawk, Mohawk is. Yeah. yeah. Is the evil gremlin that has, um, that has taken Gizmo. And it's just, uh, why, why are they so mean to Gizmo is another question. <laughs> like, that's your dad. Yeah. I, you would think I, yeah. that they would, you know. I mean, I, I guess that could also be the answer is because he's their dad. And so they're, they don't like him. Or he doesn't want to um, have fun. Gizmo does not want to have fun. No. Yeah. But the real fun starts happening when the gremlins get into the genetics laboratory. Because <laughs> there we have an excuse to have all of the craziness of the movie happen. <laughs> uh, and they get into different um, hormones that are uh, healthily labeled in like big syringes and, and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, so from there we get vegetable gremlin. We get brainy gremlin. We get back gremlin, yeah, who is then injected with genetic sunblock, yeah, like which this... means that he can become like a gargoyle outside. Yes, he, it's the the sun with the circle and the cross through it. So you know, yeah. but but the like brainy gremlin only injects the one. Gre- You'd think he would inject them all, but he all only injects the one, and then he flies like that, the bat gremlin flies out of the building and it's the bat signal on the wall. Yeah, it's like a, the, the it's a bat signal is left there. Yeah, which I enjoy. And apparently I was not paying close enough attention to catch this, but I guess um, when bat gremlin like transforms, there is a, a, a shot of um, uh, Christopher Lee reacting. Uh, yes! As- <laughs> Because he's having Dracula flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, also, like, so before they get into all the, the lab stuff and we get all the individual types of gremlins that I enjoyed that they kind of went a bunch of different ways, they mm-hmm. start to, like, terrorize the building. So, like, they go and um, Oh, and crash. I skipped the, the, the TV show. Microwave with Marge, yeah. Yes. So that's how we – so they – they go to the microwave with Marge and she's like filming her like TV show, her cooking mm-hmm. show. And she is making the grossest. Oh, I wrote some of them down. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. We had bologna and bean dip sandwiches uh, and uh, tuna noodle cheese product chowder surprise. Yes. I enjoy was that. That's the big one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, they throw the pots and pans like into the microwave and cause a fire. Which yes, I love that because it was it, it suggests that the Gromans have some sort of hive mind and that they know that one of them was destroyed by a microwave in the first movie. Yes, yeah. So they get their revenge basically on the microwave in this one, um, which is pretty great. Yeah, I also enjoyed it. So it sets up the sprinklers, and so they all start to uh, grow or, like, hatch or whatever you want to say, like, gremlins in their back. But the effects look good, like, of all the little um, kind of, like, pods on their back and stuff and the new ones, mm-hmm. like, coming out. But, yes. So, yeah. So then that's how we have, like, yeah. a, a, a... A lot of practical effects in there. They're all still really great. They still hold up. Uh, apparently, in this movie, there was a new gizmo made. And I did think that he looked a little bit different, but he was made slightly bigger and simpler so he looks a little less realistic, like uh, when he's still. But the purpose of that was so that he could be more expressive. Um, oh. So that's why Gizmo looks a little bit different uh, between these two movies. But yes, and then some of them get up to uh, Clamp up in, in his office, um, and we get, I think, probably the the grossest 
gremlin death of the movie um, where Clamp uh, throws a gremlin into the paper shredder. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, first movie we had the microwave, and then this movie we got the paper shredder. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, and when they're, that's right, when they're, uh, when they're attacking all the TV shows, they also interrupt Leonard Moulton, yes. who, is, who is doing his review of the re-release of the original Gremlins uh, and panning it, which he actually did do in real life. <laughs> he did not like the original Gremlins. So they, they invited him here for the sequel so that the Gremlins could... Uh, could attack him. And what a good sport. Yes. Great cameo. <laughs> and, ju- and just the first of the meta <laughs> things that happen. Yes. Yes. So after we get into uh, the Genetics lab and we start getting all of the different gremlins, things get crazy. We have the, uh, the film uh, burning up. And from there, we go to a movie theater where people are watching the movie that we're currently watching. Gremlins too, and uh, complaining because the Gremlins have destroyed the film, and <laughs> we go into the theater and meet Hulk Hogan. <laughs> As you do. As you do. <laughs> Who gets the movie started back up again? And apparently, this was uh, inspired by the scene in um, The Tingler, which you, you went with me to see yes. to watch The Tingler. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. 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 So the scene in the Tingler where they're in the movie theater and the you know all the lights go out and they tell the audience to scream is uh, was the inspiration for this uh, movie theater scene. Oh, that's really neat. <laughs> that's really neat. So I, I think it's a little more seamless in, in the Tingler, but you know, <laughs> I'm not going to count it against them. <laughs> <laughs> I do also think it's funny that the Gremlins played uh, dirty movies after they burnt the film. They start to play volleyball holiday, which is like yeah. topless women playing volleyball. But then we hear that they just want to watch Snow White, but they put on topless women. <laughs> but it's okay because Hulk Hogan rips his shirt off and threatens them if they don't restart the movie again. Yeah. So we got Lady Lady Gremlin, who just is. So horny. Such a horny little lady. Yeah. Yeah. She wears a wig and she had the little flask that had like the male female signal on it. So mm-hmm. I guess would that mean, I mean, I guess either they can switch gender or they all start out male and then this one happened to become like. It's males who reproduce asexually. Okay. But yes. Does she, that mean, yeah, because that. Uh, Let's not get into the biology too much. <laughs> no, let's break this down for the next hour. Um, but yeah, so Forrester, like the head, uh, I guess, security person, uh, yes. goes up to to find the, the to check out the, the lab and stuff like that. And um, the mm-hmm. lady gremlin uh, is into him. She really, really? likes him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really into him. It's just, it's, it's still such a kind of a disturbing looking gremlin, to be honest. <laughs> Her lips are like so shiny and red. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know why the lady gremlin is disturbing to me. <laughs> and then, oh gosh. Okay, so I wanted to talk about Brainy Gremlin goes on um, a talk show with, I t- totally forgot to mention Fred, who's a, a friend of Billy's who had a like late night horror show that he would do that was getting canceled because nobody likes old things anymore. He would show old black and white movies. So while all this is happening, he sees an opportunity and decides to like broadcast what's happening inside the building because it's been locked down. And uh, 
it's still in his like Dracula uniform the whole time. Yeah, he's he looks like Dracula the entire movie. Yeah, in this building, which you know I guess doesn't go it, it's, it's unnoticed because of the other craziness that's there. But yes. <laughs> um, but he has on Brady Gremlin uh, on his like news broad broadcast, and um, we get a whole like conversation. <laughs> from uh brainy gremlin about being civilized and what it means to be civilized and then in the middle of this he turns to another gremlin and he he shoots him in the face with a gun and <laughs> i i wrote it down because i was like i didn't realize joker had ripped off gremlins <laughs> <laughs> well you heard it here first <laughs> maybe we should have paired it with joker ah <laughs> uh, you know what i'm happy with what we watched okay um <laughs> That's really funny, though. Not long after that, we've got Billy's uh, boss, who he kind of went on a date with, uh, gets caught in a giant web. Do you, did you watch these scenes? I know, uh, I, you know. I, I did. So I have a fear of spiders. And Mohawk, who has, like, stopped torturing Gizmo, Gizmo. like, he was, like, ripping Velcro off of him. He put him on, like, a toy train track and, like, uh, ran a train into him and stuff like that but they get like separated so Gizmo's doing his own thing and Mohawk decides to drink uh, a flask that has a black widow on it um, mm-hmm. but it was okay because mostly it's the face that that I don't like I mean not that the leg there's no okay. part there's no part that's great but um, <laughs> it's just the it's just the legs so he's mostly the legs and then he's still like the Mohawk top so, mm-hmm. but anyway, so yeah, Marla. So, so gremlin spider, not as scary as a real spider. Correct. Yes. Yeah. All right. Got it. Kate comes by and they have a little chat about Billy. Um, but then she tries to get her out. Um, but then Mohawk, now now spider Mohawk, is coming after them. And Gizmo arrives and <laughs> he's got his little Rambo outfit on. <laughs> He's been through some trauma, and he's been training. He's been lifting weights. <laughs> my but my favorite part is that after Gizmo saves them from, uh, you know, uh, from Mohawk, um, by like, what does he do? He like shoots them with a with like a flaming. I think it's like a, supposed to be like a whiteout bottle that he sets on fire, but he oh, makes the out. little like bow and arrow out of paper clips and stuff that he finds. Um, yeah, and he like shoots like a flaming arrow into yeah. mohawk and it sets mohawk on fire <laughs> um but then, and then uh gizmo goes uh up to billy and and they're like oh what happened to him because he just he's he's a changed he's a changed mogwai now <laughs> and billy's like i guess they pushed him too far <laughs> and he's just he's still so cute <laughs> he is he just wears a little bandana. Yeah, he's got his little bandana on, and he's, he's just a, a this, like, little PTSD mogwai. It's adorable and sad. And then not long after that, we've got some sort of somebody references. Oh, Mr. Futterman has made his way into the building at this point to help out. He talks about Washington and Lincoln, and <laughs> Phoebe Cates is... Triggered by uh, Lincoln because something bad happened on Lincoln's birthday. And this is clearly a reference to her monologue in the first movie um, about Christmas and uh, her father dying uh, in the chimney. And 
really funny. It was really yeah. Funny. They, yeah. They, 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 she starts a, a, a super sad monologue in the middle of everything that's going on, but then is cut off by Billy, who tells her now's not the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk about some of the other gremlins that are in this building? Sure. So there is um, one of the gremlins in the lab throws acid on the other gremlin. Mm-hmm. And then that gremlin immediately holds up a Phantom of the Opera mask yes. over their face. Yes. Um, and then we also have, when they're in the lab, there is one that has been turned into electricity. Yes, electricity gremlin who gets uh, trapped on hold in Clamp's office, yeah. I believe, somehow. In the phone system. He's trapped. In the phone system. In the phone system. But yes, I I enjoyed those gremlins. There's also like the flasher that flashed Kate. There's just, there's a crazy amount of, it's like every idea that you could think of to do with a gremlin, they decided to do. Yes. Um, and that's, I mean, we can talk about, maybe now it's a good time to talk about the, the key and peel sketch about this movie where uh, they have, you know, the script doctor come in for, or the sequel, sequel doctor. I can't remember what he's called and has everybody in the writer's room, just pitch a gremlin and, and put it in the movie. Wait, you haven't seen I this? haven't seen this. I'm going to have to watch it after we're done recording. Oh my God. It's great. Okay. Everybody, if you have not seen the key and peel sketch about gremlins too, go and watch it <laughs> <laughs> because it's amazing. Um, I won't spoil any more of it, but then we'll, we'll link to it, I guess on our <laughs> Instagram. Producer Ryan. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So at this point, we're uh, Clamp is out of the building. We're, we're formulating a plan to destroy the gremlins who are all left in the building. And the plan is to, because it's a smart building, they set all the clocks forward to make the gremlins think that it would be uh, nighttime soon so they could go out of the building. Um, and they've all gathered in the lobby because it's the only uh, place that they, they can leave. It's the, the exit for the building. The plan is to drop uh, like a bunch of curtains and expose them to the sunlight. And at this point, as they're all gathering in the lobby, is when I, I just I wrote down at the point where Brainy Gremlin is singing New York, New York, New York, and we have like a whole musical sequence with Lady Gremlin and everybody like singing. It's just it's gotten so crazy. You somehow it's like being in a pot of boiling water. You don't realize like how the movie got to this point where it seems <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, this is happening. Yeah. Because it happened, it was like a, slim, a, a simmer to a rolling boil <laughs> was what happened. <laughs> yes. Now we're in a full-on musical where they're all like holding individual pieces that create like a giant picture. Yes. And then Lady Gremlin comes up. The Gremlins have great production value. Yes. Um, the Phantom of the Opera Gremlin has a, a, an organ that he's playing mm-hmm. on somewhere. Uh, I, I don't even know if there was a, like... Other than other than creating Phantom of the Opera Gremlin, I don't know if there was a setup for the scene where he actually is the Phantom of the Opera. It seems like they just cut away and they're like, here's a Phantom of the Opera scene. Yeah. And then cut back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the sun has disappeared behind the clouds, so they, so they can't use it to uh, get the Gremlins. So they come up with another plan. They spray all the Gremlins with water and unleash Electricity Gremlin on all of them, electrifying them all. <laughs> and uh, so they all melt into a puddle of grossness. We get the 
the I'm melting reference. Yes, yes, of, of yes. course. Yeah. And then at the very end, uh, yeah, I think all the gremlins have been destroyed except for Lady Gremlin, who um, was uh, up with uh, Forrester, uh, the security guy, who uh, she wants to get married to. Yeah, she's in a, a wedding dress. She found a and, wedding dress. Yeah, and uh, he seems kind of into it. Yes, it ends with him being possibly into it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, and yeah, that's that's Gremlins too. The new batch. Um, the new batch. We also end with a few more uh, Looney Tunes cartoons in the in the ending credits. So because of course, I just love that the you know the the whole reason that we're doing this this movie along with Bill and Ted is that you know so often sequels are just rehashes of the same plot um, as the first movie in like a new location or something like that and that's exactly what this movie starts out as it's it's gremlins but it's in an office building but then you just you introduce you know this one element of this genetics lab with all of these different <laughs> like uh, hormones for these gremlins to take and, all, and it just it becomes insanity and uh yeah i really love it it's, it's like i i don't know why they let them just go nuts with this movie but i'm glad that they did i think it's i think it's great and i think you can I know some people, like, people who didn't like uh, the first Gremlins because it was too scary uh, probably like this movie more. And people who really like the first Gremlins, some of them don't like this movie as much because it's not, it's less horror and it's more, you know, just cartoony fun. I think they're both great. I think you can enjoy them one right after the other or just as as completely separate movies. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them both. I realized I had thought I had seen this and then once we started i was like oh i have not seen this film i do not remember <laughs> this at all and i actually like i watched it and it was so crazy that i made ryan watch it so i watched it twice but yeah it's awesome. it's a lot of fun just like all the different ideas and all the different types of gremlins and everything are are really fun um in it so yeah i, I really enjoyed it yay <laughs> so our second film uh is bill and ted's bogus journey so this movie starts it like it starts with like the our villain kind of setting up that he's going to try and stop Bill and Ted uh but they don't see exactly why and then we Mm -hmm. kind of uh quickly go to I the year is 2688 uh and we are at Bill and Ted University which was established in 2425 and it's like people that go to class in the future and apparently they're still using the phone booth to bring time travelers to educate the class. Yes. Um, so Rufus, Which it, oh, go ahead. It's something that was established in the first movie, but I do love the implication that there's just any of the rules of time travel that any other movie would be concerned with, like, you know, affecting the past and changing the future and blah, blah, blah. Bill and Ted is just like, we don't care about that. <laughs> No, we're just going like, to kidnap people from just, time and put yeah, it back. We're yeah. just going to ignore it. We're going to take field trips back in time to the Babylonian era or whatever. And it's fine. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. And then everybody is wearing like really bright, cartoony, yes. like neoprene <laughs> clothing. It's it's 80s version of future clothing. Yes. And also giant shoes. Yes. Yes. I'm not sure what the purpose of those are, but. Just like future. You know, future future yeah giant shoes yeah why not so rufus who kind of like uh took them on this this journey uh he is like in the class with all the students at the university and his old teacher 
Denomalos shows up and he's the our, our villain for the film. So he shows up with the plan to stop Bill and Ted. Now, mm-hmm. um, I would like to, I wrote down what the evil plot of this movie is yeah. as described by Bill and Ted. And then at the very end, Denomalos like says something. So the evil plot is first, we totally kill Bill and Ted. Yeah. Then we take over their lives. Then we utterly destroy them. Then, at the Battle of the Bands, we give their speech, except totally different. And then the villain says, and thus a new future is born. Like, just... (laughs) So... Can you do the rest of this podcast as (laughs) going to... But I was just like, okay, so that's that's the... uh, Yeah, okay, all right, we're going to... Just different future. That's all he wants to, mm-hmm. you know. It's uh, maybe he wants he wants to be known as because he he hands out books right that say that like proclaim himself to be like the most important man of of the past or something. Like he that. might. Yeah, I don't fully know what his plan is other than just like getting rid of Bill Adelta. and Ted, uh, and that he doesn't have to. He doesn't seem to like. Um, metal music he doesn't want to hear like the sounds of the music anymore so i yeah but yeah i i i don't totally know i I do love the um the setup that rufus was his student that they that they make Mm -hmm. at the beginning yeah uh and uh and (laughs) they they they, you know say it with such gravitas and you think maybe he was a you know a philosophy teacher or a science teacher or something like that, and then you find out at the end of the movie that he was Rufus gym teacher. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. just a, a perfect plant and payoff right there. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Denomalos, his name is one of the writer and producer. His name is Ed Solomon. It's just his name backwards, and oh. like we'll continue on. But the writers of this movie kind of inserted themselves a bunch into into the movie um but anyway so that's the first one that one of the the writers that's the villain is his name backwards so then evil bill and ted are robots they like open up their their mouths to expose like their their robot bodies and stuff like that and they have great effects there yes no yeah it looks great just practical like probably latex or silicone or something probably not silicone because i don't think that would stretch as much but um (laughs) Sorry. No. <laughs> Prop making. <laughs> uh, over the robot faces and then just, you know, have the actors like pulling at, at their mouths. Yeah. Is, it makes a great transition. Yeah. And so then they go into uh, the phone booth and they are going to go back to, to kill them, you know, and, and pose as them. Um, and then Rufus decides he's going to try and stop them. So he like attaches like a guitar kind of to them and he's like following them through... Yes through time um, and the implication that rufus just has a guitar uh like <laughs> uh thing that he like uh what is that called like a grappling hook yeah a guitar grappling hook. yeah <laughs> just in his classroom at all times for emergencies i guess yeah <laughs> we all have those so yeah so then we we cut to present day and uh Bill and ted are talking to pam greer about being in the fourth annual battle of the bands and so she's trying to schedule them to play they still cannot play their instruments apparently um 
But she's going to schedule them to be the final um, band in the Battle of the Bands anyway. Uh, And then they mention how they're planning to propose to the princesses that they met in the first film when they Mm -hmm. they time traveled. And I think it's a a weird um, high stakes, low stakes in both films, uh, we are trying to save the future, but also a history report. It's like our history report. Yeah, yeah. And save the future. And in this one, it's like, oh, again, we're trying to, you know, like we're, we're trying to save the future. Uh, but also the fourth annual San Dimas Battle of the Bands. Like these are the two <laughs> things that hinge on those. So I, I think that that's really funny. So Bill and Ted propose to the princesses and they say yes. So everything is going great. Nothing could go wrong. And then Robot Bill and Ted arrive on Earth at the Circle K. Just real quick, can we talk yes. about, because I thought it was so cute that, you know, they propose and then um, they basically like kiss their girlfriends on the cheek and then their girlfriends go home at the end of the night and they're talking about how, you know, our, uh, <laughs> our girlfriends are most chaste. And, like, <laughs> and they're totally fine with it. Bill and Ted are like the like anti-toxic masculinity and I love them for it. <laughs> Yes, they're very sweet, and I, I think that's to show, like, later on when we have evil Bill and Ted, because yes. they just want to have sex with them and be mean to them, so it's, like, how nice um, our real heroes are mm-hmm. with their fiancés. Um, but, yeah, so uh, evil Bill and Ted arrive at the Circle K. Um, Rufus is not attached, so they say that he is, like, lost in time somewhere, so we don't know what's happened to him. Uh, and then from the phone booth, uh, evil Bill calls our real Bill and Ted and pretends to be the princesses uh, and break break up with them and say that they're going to the desert. So, as you know, you would, right? That's what you do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to be engaged to you. I'm going off to the desert. Um, <laughs> so then Bill and Ted are really bummed and they're watching Star Trek in their apartment. Um, yes. And then... Uh, Arena is the episode, I believe. Yes, it is. Yes. And then, um, so evil Bill and Ted show up and uh, pretending to just be them from the future, like in the first one. So it's like, why wouldn't you trust your future selves not knowing that they're, that they're evil robots? And so they decide to leave with them. So evil Bill and Ted lure actual Bill and Ted out to the desert uh, with plans to kill them. And they drop them off of Vasquez Rocks which is where mm-hmm. they shot that episode, Arena, of Star Trek. Yes. Um, which I did look up uh, the location. Um, a, well, A, I had to make sure it was the right Star Trek episode because I did recognize it. But I <laughs> 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 was like, wait, where is Vasquez Rocks? Because I, I've heard of that location before um, and I've never been there. And you know, we should, we should uh, go for a hike there sometimes. So it's only like okay. a half an hour drive from here. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. We just won't uh, drop ourselves off of it. Right, yeah. We should avoid um, any giant lizards or evil robots. Yes. So then evil Bill and Ted uh, push Bill and Ted off of the rocks um, and they die. I do enjoy that when uh, evil Bill and Ted, uh, the robots, high five that there is a metal noise and not like yeah. music metal but like actual metal hitting itself that was a nice little a nice little <laughs> touch um there so then uh bill and ted are dead and the grim reaper uh played by william sadler shows up william sadler yeah he's so I love funny him. he's so funny in this movie 
So he challenges them to a game for their souls, uh, which they don't want to do. And so they decide to give him a Melvin, which is a wedgie, and then they just run off. They give the Grim Reaper a wedgie and run away. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think I'd ever heard uh, of uh, the term Melvin for a wedgie before. I don't know if that's if like an 80s thing or if that was a, just a Bill and Ted thing. I don't know. I, I did not research that. That is not in my notes. So I, <laughs> I don't okay. know. Um, but yes, so. It is great that that works, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> Only they would do that. So then the evil Bill and Ted, they go to see the princesses and are rude to them and they offend them. So uh, they're, not, they're not getting along. So they're starting to mess with their lives. So uh, dead Bill and Ted, uh, they have to, to fix what's happening. Uh, so mm-hmm. they decide to go to the police station where Ted's father works. And Ted, uh, being dead, decides to enter his father's body. Yes. And I thought that the actor who plays Ted's dad did a great job. He does, at, yes. At being Ted. Uh, so he tries to, like, warn them about the evil robots and, like, say what's happening and stuff like that. And nobody believes him. So then Bill enters another police officer and they're both trying to explain it and it does not work. Um, so they have to come up with a new plan. So yes. then... <laughs> Uh, they decide to uh, go to Missy, who is... Oh, wait. Uh, oh, yes. Before we do that, the, um, uh, one of the moments that I loved was when Bill has uh, um, entered his... Or Ted, Bill, damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Keanu Reeves' father <laughs> uh, is possessed. And uh, they do the air guitar, but when he does it, it's like a, like jazz uh, <laughs> song <laughs> plays <laughs> because he's a middle-aged man. Um, uh, so Ryan looked it up, but I don't think that that's correct. It says that a Melvin is when you do a wedgie from the front, but that's not what they're... That's what they, do. That's what they did? Really? Did I miss that, that they were they doing... They oh, I think they... Did they? I guess I... They pulled it up and then they pushed him over. Oh. From the back. Oh, okay. Okay, so a Melvin is a front wedgie. <laughs> okay all right well now we now we all know so yeah so then they decide to uh go to missy who uh is holding a seance with several women and then there's two men and the two men are the writers of the film so it's ed solomon and chris oh. Matheson. um so they are in the film and then um, they're doing the seance and Bill and Ted, again, try to warn them of what is happening. But they think it's it's like an evil spirit. So she gets the book, Riddance of Evil. Um, mm-hmm. And then the like chant that they are saying uh, is actually Ed and Chris will rule the world, but backwards. So the writers are in the scene. It's them that are the seance. And the villain's name backwards is one of their names. So... Yeah. Well, I mean, why not, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're writing your own movie. Just stick your name in there. Yes. So, um, yeah. So then by doing uh, the chant, it sends Bill and Ted to hell. Yes. Uh, where they experience, they both go to military school, which um, was a threat from Ted's father in the first movie that he was going to be sent to military school. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do also love when they first are going down in like this like bottomless cavern and mm-hmm. they're falling for so long that they eventually stop screaming and they're like 
wow, this is taking a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that, you know, I think that gag's been done elsewhere, but I, that, this was the first time that I'd ever seen that gag before, and I still think that it's hilarious. <laughs> and they just, like, start playing 20 questions or something like that while they're falling. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bill is going to leave um, his, like, his records to Ted, and right. he, like when he dies, he's like, well, we're already dead. He's like, well, then they're yours. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then they decide, okay, well, hell is going terribly together. So we'll split right. up. Yes. So uh, Bill goes into his grandmother's birthday party. And mm-hmm. his grandmother, who's actually played by Alex Winter as well. So he's. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. That's so, great. His grandma is trying to give him a kiss. Uh, yes. And it's really creepy. And then, Terrifying. Yeah. And then Ted goes into his house, and it's Easter 10 years before, and he has stolen his brother's Easter basket. And so then the Easter bunny, a giant version of the Easter bunny, is there um, and scary. Also him. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> these, these two legitimately scared me when I first saw this movie. <laughs> I, I was like probably six or seven, I think. The first time I saw this movie, and I was I was very disturbed by the evil Easter Bunny and like creepy grandma. Military guy didn't bother me so much. I don't know why, <laughs> but, but grandma and Easter Bunny were the worst. Well, military guy is just a military guy, but we can't do push-ups for infinity. So no, no. Um. So yeah. So they. I do also love the production design in the hell scenes because they're mm-hmm. the you know similarly kind of cartoony. Um, everything's like at weird uh, angles and oversized and like uh, just like lots of diagonal lines everywhere you uh-huh. know? yeah like yeah <laughs> it's really well done very yeah. impressive yeah. I think so then they realize that they're not going to be able to to make it out of here so they're like all right we will uh, challenge the the Grim Reaper to the this game that he wants to play um mm-hmm. So then it ends up being uh, that the Grim Reaper wants to play Battleship. So, no, Bill and Ted choose Battleship. I'm sorry. Oh, they choose Battleship? Okay, yeah. so they chose Battleship. How did I miss that? Anyway, okay, so Bill and Ted choose Battleship, <laughs> and they win. Um, and then the Grim Reaper says two out of three. So he, then they play Clue, uh, and Bill and Ted win again. Um, <laughs> so then the Grim Reaper <laughs> says three out of five, and they play Electronic Football. Um, and then they win again, so then they end up playing Twister. So they play all these games, and they win every time, so the Grim Reaper admits defeat, um, and he decides that he takes them to heaven so that they can figure out a way to get back to Earth and get their lives back. Um, so they get to heaven, and they don't fit in, because they don't look right, and apparently in heaven, everybody wears lavender. Um... I, it's interesting. I wonder if Bill and Ted would have gone to heaven if they hadn't, uh, you know, crashed a seance and been sent to hell. Like, would I feel like the implication there was that uh, they 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 had to go to hell because that was where, uh, you know, Ted or Bill's stepmom sent them. I don't remember who she's married to in this movie. Because I'd like to think that Bill and Ted would go to heaven. Uh, Normally, if they had died, if they had just, you know, gone with the Grim, Grim Reaper to start with, but. That's true. They probably would have. It would have been a, a shorter, a shorter trip. Um, <laughs> um, but now they're crashing. 
Yes. So they get there and they don't fit in. And so they decide to immediately beat some people up and steal their clothes. Yeah. <laughs> the clothes that they steal. Uh, like they're all, it's mostly like like light purple, like lavender colors and like a little bit of white. But, so Bill is wearing a bucket hat and a trench coat. Mm-hmm. Ted is wearing overalls and a straw hat. And mm-hmm. the Grim Reaper is wearing like a frilly apron and a sun hat with flowers on it. Like these are all costumes. Like they are not normal clothes that if you die, like you do. It's like, nope, they're all costumes and they're all very different very different outfits but so that's what they're wearing and they end up talking to god to figure out the like smartest people in the universe or smartest you know uh, beings in the universe to to help them and they get led to station which is Uh it's two aliens it's like two uh now we have aliens in this movie yes (laughs) we've died we've played games in hell and now we have aliens. Uh, oh, and we and have robots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robots and aliens. So, um, so they, even though there's two of them, they just call them station as like a unit. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're going to help build good robot versions of themselves to defeat the evil uh, robot Bill and Ted. Yes. I do love the implication that Bill and Ted are racist because they assumed that um, – the smartest uh, being on, in, in heaven would be human. <laughs> yeah, I would not think that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's very small-minded of them when you yeah. really think about it. <laughs> so then uh, we come back to Earth and they decide to go shopping uh, for all the robot parts that Station will need. This yeah. is my favorite image from the movie. Sorry. Okay, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> this one, the Grim Reaper is driving right the shopping cart with uh, Station in in the cart with him, and it's like cause Station's kind of cute, and so it's just like the oddest image <laughs> that I can think of, <laughs> and yet weirdly adorable. <laughs> <laughs> the Grim Reaper ends up. He's like pushing the cart uh, past. Uh, a guy and he says like see you real soon to this guy that's like smoking a cigarette yes. down one of the aisles it's just a funny joke but that also the that person is the director peter hewitt of the movie oh. so that's the, the film's director um that he says that they're just cameoing all over this yeah. place so then uh <laughs> the two aliens of station yes. decide in the parking lot they are just going to run at each other so they just run at each other and who who came up with this is what i want to know and how (laughs) i mean i the writers did but probably through drugs or something like because yeah i'm thinking drugs were involved yeah because nobody knows what's going on belinda don't know what's going on they just they just they had to run at each other and they create one giant alien that is now station Yes. And then, so Station makes good versions of the of the robots, and Bill and Ted are, like, very happy that they've made the good versions. And I just like uh, that the Grim Reaper, uh, when Bill and Ted are giving all this praise to Station, that the Grim Reaper, he wants his share of the praise. So in the back, he's just like, I made the wigs. I helped with the shopping. I was pushing the cart. Like, he just wants his credit for being a part of the, part of the yeah. plan. Yeah. So then, uh, doesn't he at one point don't they comment on Station's butt because 
his butt is out the whole time. And then the Grim Reaper's like, I work out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Grim Reaper is my favorite part of this movie. Like, he's my favorite person. It, he's great. Yeah. Um, so then we go to uh, the Battle of the Bands. Um, and the first band that's playing before Bill and Ted come out is actually Primus. So Primus is performing uh, Tommy the Cat. Um, and then they go off stage. And then uh, evil robot Bill and Ted go out on stage. Uh, but they are interrupted by robot Bill and Ted who look – okay, so I thought the robot versions would look just like them, like as if Alex Winter right. and Ken Reeves were going to play a third version of themselves. But uh-huh. they're very, like, robot. Like, if if someone smarter than me had to make a robot version that just kind of, like, looked like them. Yeah. Um, so the robot version – Which I guess yeah. the implication is because they were limited in, in their materials. You know, they don't have future materials that they could use to make it's a robot. It's true. So. Yes. And they did it pretty quickly. No, he did. I mean, it's incredible what he was able to do. <laughs> he, they, what do we? They, uh, <laughs> what, station? what station was able to do? Um, <laughs> so, uh, good robot Bill and Ted go up to evil robot Bill and Ted and then hit them and knock their heads off, mm-hmm. um, killing them. So, yay! Uh, <laughs> evil Bill and Ted are dead. They were going to. They kidnapped the princesses. I forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. But they kidnapped the princesses, and uh, they were going to to kill them. So the princesses get saved. Evil Bill and Ted are dead, and then uh, Denomalos shows up because now they have to fight. You know, like our our big boss here, um, and he takes over television. Like there is <laughs> someone airing the fourth annual Sam Demas Battle of the Bands <laughs> on television, broadcasting. all over um and so he takes over tv uh and then we cut to like a british family that says like (laughs) my word like and it's it's william sadler it's the grim reaper so him like out of his makeup it's him and his actual wife and daughter are there um so everybody's watching uh what's happening at the fourth annual san dimas battle of the bands so uh Denomalos tries to, to like take over and like stomp them but they decide that they are going to do what they did in the first movie which is once they've saved the day they're going to uh, help themselves out by planning things like ahead of time that they can use in the present time. So they try yes. to to trick him and like hit him with like the gun out of his hand with a sandbag and like put him in a cage and then Denomalos tries to use the same logic um, to get himself out and uh but you know bill and ted if they win like in the end they can kind of like do whatever they want with time so they still outsmart him with a fake gun um and then uh yeah so they yeah it's all just like this is what we'll do in the future and then it's there yeah (laughs) which is great yeah (laughs) (laughs) again why we don't need to worry about the rules of time travel just you know no. Just have it happen. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then uh, we realized that uh, Pam Greer, who was put on the Battle of the Bands, she was Rufus the whole time. <gasps> um, and then <laughs> and then they, because they still can't play their instruments, they time travel uh, to become good at playing their instruments and come back. But, you know, for us, it, it's, we've wasted no time. And mm-hmm. now they have added Station, the Grim Reaper, 
and the good robots to the band. So it's all part of the same thing. Um, and then we get... Like a super band. No. Yes. Yeah. So then the, the credits start with like telling you like what happened like in the in mm-hmm. the future that we're not going to show all these things. Oh, we also we also get to see little Bill and little Ted when they come oh, back yes. in the future. Oh, yes. Yeah, they come back and they have like babies like attached to them on yeah. their backs and stuff like Which that. Which I mentioned because I believe uh their uh little Bill and little Ted are going to be in the the sequel that they've Ah. Who knows when it's going to be released. It was but sub- they are yeah. uh daughters. Yeah. Uh their daughters, which some people on the internet got upset about. It's like they never said they're still they're still you know called Bill and Ted. Um, they never referred to them as boys, so they could be daughters. Yeah. They're babies. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it was supposed to come out in August, but that probably won't happen. Gremlins actually is also supposed to have um, a third oh, yeah. movie, so both of these are supposed to have uh, are be- to become trilogies. So I guess if that happens, maybe we'll have to put those together. Yeah, um, do, do an update. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so they, they win the Battle of the Bands, and we get all these, like, updates of, like, uh, magazine covers and newspaper headlines and stuff like that. So I started to write it down because it's little updates to the plot. And then it went on so much longer than I thought <laughs> it was going to. So I'm just going to read them all so that you know what happens, like, with the rest okay. of the, everybody what happens in the rest of the story. So, okay, so Bill and Ted win the Battle of the Bands as we knew they would. Then mm-hmm. they go on tour. Yeah. Then they have number one album. Then they play Wembley Stadium. Then they play the Grand Canyon. <laughs> they achieve peace. They use World Nuclear Arsenal to fuel their amplifiers. Then we have Air Guitar is found to eliminate smog. <laughs> then the Reaper wins the Indy 500. And they have a quote from him that's like, I didn't know I could run that fast. <laughs> and then um, there, the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Decade. And then, so it's like, it's all positive things. And then it starts to go negative. Like we've, we're, because I guess we're continuing. So it's then it's like, Death oh, to no. Record Solo Album. And then, Today's Gentleman, Death Dresses for Summer, The New Look, Bald. And then, <laughs> Rumored, Wild Stallion Split, Dow Drop, 600 points. And then you and it just like it just continues. Wild Stallion <laughs> split a hoax. Dow to record high. And then Bill and Ted the movie. So now within the movie they're gonna get their own movie. Mm-hmm. And then the Grim Reaper in lip sync scandal. Oh. Uh, and then Reaper solo album flops. And then uh, he rejoins the Wild Stallions. And then, oh, thank goodness. and then it ends with Wild Stallions to play Mars Station. I could not believe <laughs> the journey that we went on with all these so, headlines. Now now I'm curious if one of these are going to be the time period that we see uh, in the next movie, if oh. we're going to steal from one of those headlines to create sort of the plot of the next, of the sequel. I'm going to go with uh, that the Grim Reaper is affecting the summer look. That's the one that I think. <laughs> But yes, so. Uh, but yeah, I forgot that the Grim Reaper was a uh, part of the band uh, for the rest of. Well, I mean, except for when he tries his solo career, which unfortunately didn't work out for him. But. Um, but then they're all together, so that's yeah, good. yeah. So the movie ends with uh, Bill and Ted while on their way to solving, you know, world peace or whatever with their music, and 
the Grim Reaper and a couple of aliens and medieval princesses and their band. Yep. And robot versions of themselves as dancers. And robot versions of themselves. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, that is Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Um, Wonderful. <laughs> so, then, um, should we talk about some menu items that people can have while they yeah. while they enjoy their films? Um, so, if you don't want to have any of, you know, microwave with Marge's uh, <laughs> tasty treats, which sounded... <laughs> Terrible, but honestly, I'd be curious to see if somebody could make a tuna noodle cheese product cap chowder surprise that was um, edible. <laughs> that would be a surprise. Uh, an easy thing that you could do would be just get some frozen yogurt. They the, the uh, mogwai when they first um, eat after midnight, I believe they're they're found in the frozen yogurt stand. So mm-hmm. um, that would be an easy one. I'd like to try to uh, create a uh, like a crudité platter that looks like the vegetable gremlin. I think that would be fun. That would be great. And he has like, he has like a carrot beard and yeah. like uh, olive eyes and like snappy eyebrows and uh, I think I think you could do it. I think I think it's doable, but I, um, I, I haven't I haven't tried it yet, so <laughs> we'll see. Okay, yeah, there was one moment that I enjoyed later in the movie when um, one of the gremlins was having a martini and he pulls an olive off of the, ve- not that it makes sense, uh, but he pulls the yeah. olive off of the vegetable gremlin to put in his <laughs> glass. Um, Perfect. But yeah. A few Christmases ago, I actually made a gremlin cake for my blog, Sugared Nerd, um, which is basically just a, like a four-layer cake that was uh, decorated to look like to look like Gizmo, um, you know, use a little star tip to make to make fur, uh, frosting fur on him, um, and he was uh, cute and also a little disturbing. I think a little cre- creepy looking, but you know. Oh, <laughs> I think he was cute, and he's delicious. <laughs> and I also had planned at one point, and I'm very upset with myself about this, to make gremlin cookies. Um, and my idea was to take a uh, angel cookie cutter and just cut the head off the angel and use the wings as the ears of the gremlin, um, which then um, last Christmas, someone used that idea to make baby Yoda cookies. And uh, I was uh, very upset with myself that I had missed my opportunity to use my angel cookie cutter hack <laughs> to make a big eared creature. But, you know, uh, it's an idea if somebody else wants to try it. Uh, yeah. The wind has been taken out of my sails to, to make them, <laughs> I think. <but laughs> All right. Do you have anything else? I mean, they do. They uh, The mogwai that Kate takes home uh, is eating Hostess products. He throws chicken at her. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, he's making a mess in the kitchen. Yeah. And then uh, I do enjoy it. So uh, Clamp's secretary has a sandwich next to her desk. And one of the gremlins like takes the bread off the top of the sandwich and puts mm-hmm. the little mouse trap in the sandwich. <laughs> Again, they're mischief makers. Like they're so, just, so mean. They're... <laughs> oh. But yes, do you have any other foods for for gremlins too? Uh, that's all I've got. No drinks I could think of. But you, you I think came up with something, right? Yes. Yeah, so for Bill and Ted's bogus journey, so I made a little cocktail for it. It's mm-hmm. kind of a take on a whiskey sour, um, but I'm calling it Hell is Bogus, and it's two ounces of Fireball whiskey, an ounce of cranberry, a half an ounce of lemon juice, a half an ounce of simmel syrup, 
um, and then I garnished it with a brulee lemon. So it's it's a red drink mm. that you know tastes like cinnamon, like fire for hell. Um, and yeah. then yeah, I, we charred the lemon so that um, it looks like it's been there. If you I know that's good. Well, it's very. Um, I, I want to try one, which we obviously can't do right now because of you know quarantine. But it's it seems like it would be a very good holiday drink too with the cranberry and the cinnamon. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I would I would definitely drink it again so I'll have to make you one when we're allowed to go outside again if people want something simpler um they do drink Pepsi uh in the movie so you could just mix Fireball and Pepsi together um in this uh, I guess we also have post products we have Twinkies in this they're eating like Twinkies and corn nuts like Evil Bill and Ted are oh right yeah um and then they do potato chips too I think yeah and then they do the upside down cake thing where they take a cake and they just flip it upside down uh, because they're evil it's just terrible Yeah. yeah yeah You so. just make a mess. That goes wrong. That's the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the truly evil thing, especially for you, Casey, I'm sure. <laughs> just ruin. You ruin a perfectly good cake and you make a huge mess. But I, <laughs> I guess that goes for Evil Bill and Ted and it goes for the Gremlins. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's Fuck It sequels. Fuck It um, sequels. And then, Grace, do you want to introduce what um, – our theme is going to be for next week. 2020, the battle for the future. So look forward movie to that. Theme. Yes. So movies that uh, take place in the year 2020. Yes. So you can um, check us out uh, on our Instagram at movie underscore matchup. And some of the recipes and stuff like that you can find at. Sugared Nerd. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. This is Casey. And this is Grace. All right. Have a good day.